Chapter 5 The Kingdom Maker 437 BCE to 367 BCE It was the nearest thing to heaven. An affair to remember. Barely a hundred years into their first royal dynasty, Sri Lanka had the great good fortune to encounter Pandukabaya, one of its greatest kings. Inheriting at best a kinglet, he passed on to his successors a fully functioning kingdom that for over 200 years became a byword for opulence, sophistication and progress. Pandukabaya's improbably long 70-year reign from 437 to 367 BCE would have come as a blessed relief to family and subjects alike after quite so much dynastic squabbling. Had he failed, it is likely that little more would ever have been heard of this fledgling dynasty. Credited with a smart intelligence that helped him see off repeated pre-assassination attempts, the king set in train the real beginnings of the Antonoporan kingdom when he moved his capital to the site and in Louis XIV style began building. By then, the site of Antonopora was already some 200 years old and covered over 20 acres. Pandukabaya took it to still greater heights. His rule harnessed the country's expertise in all areas of human endeavour, from farming and engineering to administration and construction, in order to build a capital and through it dominate an entire island. Documented remains of a great survey he conducted to assess his kingdom show some 700 villages spreading out across the island from the city of Andhanapura across a land described as Raja Ratna, the king's country. This domination was to take time and for several centuries the kingdom coexisted with other smaller realms to the east and south before it was able to assert its preeminence. From the start, Pandukabaya's rule respected his Veda allies, the Yakas, Chitarajas and Kalvala, clans of the island's earliest original inhabitants. The Mahamvasa records his beneficial diligence as such. It says, He settled the Yaka Kalvala on the east side of the city, the Yaka Chitaraja on the lower end of the Abaraja tank, and on festival days he sat with Trishuraja beside him on a seat of equal height, and having gods and men to dance before him, the king took his pleasure in joyous and merry wise. He laid out also four suburbs, as well as the Abhaya tank, the common cemetery, the place of execution, and the chapel of the Queens of the West, the banyan tree of Vesarma, and the palmyra palm of the demon of maladies, the ground set apart from the Ionus, and the house of the great sacrifice. All these he laid out near the west gate. He set five hundred kandalas to the work of cleaning the town, two hundred kandalas to the work of cleaning the sewers, a hundred and fifty kandalas he employed to the bear the dead, and as many kandalas to be watchers in the cemetery. For these, he built a village northwest of the cemetery, and they continually carried out their duty as they were appointed. Toward the northeast of the Kandala village, he made the cemetery called the Lur Cemetery for the Kandala folk. North of this cemetery, 
Between it and the Pasana mountain, the line of huts for the huntsmen were built thereforth. Northward from thence, as far as the Garmany tank, a hermitage was made for many ascetics. Eastward of that same cemetery, the ruler built a house for the Ninatha Jyoti. In that same region dwelt the Dithantha named Giri and many ascetics of various heretical sects. And there the lord of the land built also a chapel for the Ninthantha Kubahana. Towards the west from thence and eastwards of the streets of the huntsmen lived five hundred families of heretical beliefs. On the further side of the Jotaya's house, and on this side of the Garmany tank, he likewise built a monastery for wandering medicant monks, and a dwelling for the Avicanas, and a residence for the Brahmins, and in this place and that he built a lying-in shelter and a hall for those recovering from sickness. Ten years after his consecration did Pandakabaya, the ruler of Lanka, establish the village boundaries over the whole of the island of Lanka. As the ancient Athenians were putting the finishing touches to the Acropolis and the nascent Roman Republic issuing its first laws, the palaces and structures of Andanapura rose up through the jungle, a tropical Versailles founded on a land that betrayed evidence of human occupation going back at least to the 10th century BCE, roughly the same time when Solomon became king of Israel. Anurandapura was to become one of the world's oldest continuously occupied and inhabited cities, and for over one and a half thousand years was the capital of this island state. As the Dark Ages fell across the west, and society there returned to wattle and daub, the kingdom's engineering and architectural talents, nurtured over centuries, endowed Arandanapura with an almost inexhaustible tally of spectacular new temples, pools, stupas, gardens, palaces and dwellings. Nor did he appear to neglect the utilitarian, building hospitals, cemeteries, sewers, and in a marvellous feat of ancient engineering, constructing biscotoires to regulate the outflow of water from tanks and sluices to secure them against destruction in the annual floods. Trade thrived exponentially, and there are even intriguing hints documented by the Journal of the Royal Asiatic Society of Sri Lanka of a small group of Greek merchants living in the royal city itself. Credited with ending the guerrilla warfare that marked the resistance of the original island dwellers against the Vijayans, Pandukabana's reign not only brought stability but bequeathed future constancy to the island as his own son, Mutavisa, came to the throne in 367 BCE for a reign to 307 BCE that was almost as golden. Sometimes, not often, a country gets lucky, and with this father and son duet, Sri Lanka undoubtedly did. Music